Do you want to have fun, change your life, and change the world in seven days? Welcome to Dance Our Dreams, where I playfully fuse music, motivation, and healing our planet through simple weekly experiments that help you achieve your big dreams and the big dream of our planet, the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. Aloha. I'm DJ Valerie B-Love, the vibe goddess. Our world needs us to take bold action now, and I believe every little thing we do adds up to make a big difference. Y'all ready to be the change you wish to see? All right, let's rock this. All right, Aloha Love Tribe guests who I have with me here. I have one of the most beautiful, radiant music producers on our planet. She helps people get whole, healthy, nourished with her music, with her yoga teachings, and with her nutritional yum yum to get you full and feeling like the best version of yourself. My sweet sister, Eartha Harris of Living Light. Aloha. Thanks for being with us. Oh, shucks. Well, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> oh my God. You said shucks. All right, everybody. <laughs> Are you from the South, sister? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm I'm very much from Massachusetts, but um, I did live for four years recently in North Carolina, so <laughs> maybe it rubbed off on me. <laughs> Do they rock some shucks down there in North Carolina? Probably, well, the, the section I was in, not so much. Um, you know, travel out of the, some little progressive bubbles a little bit, and you can start to hear it. <laughs> Right on. So what's hot, yummy, and alive for you right now? It's, it's, so what's really neat, guys, is um, today is 12-12-19. We're doing this recording here, and it was a full moon you know, a, a few hours ago. And so it's kind of a neat moment to kind of let go of things that no longer serve us, and you know, we don't want to hold on to these old things in our lives. And so, Eartha, you're, like, you help people move forward on their their journey to wholeness with the music and with the food and with body movement and intentions. And so how can you, you know, what's going on for you right now that, you know, you think you can help let our listeners know about your life right now? Oh gosh, so much. Um, yeah, so much good stuff's happening. Um, uh, you know, as far as music, um, well, this is a very busy week, like, although I know this will be uh, viewed um, later. Um, but yeah, like for instance, you know, today, right after this, I'm going and I'm DJing ecstatic dance. In the morning, I'm hopping on a flight to go to Denver to play with Random Rab. Um, then right after that, a few days home, then flying to Guatemala to play this, um, this, this really beautiful festival called Cosmic Convergence mm, uh, that, that actually cool. supports, yeah, it actually supports the Guatemalan people of Santiago, uh, which are like an uh, original kind of Mayan culture that's preserved there. Um, after that, I'm coming back and I'm, I'm always working on music and working with nutrition clients. So I had like a few weeks of that. Then I'm leaving to uh, teach. I'm leaving for in um, Costa Rica to do my first uh, week-long teaching music production retreat, which is an all-women's retreat. Uh, I want to go. I didn't hear about this. I'm me up, dude. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like it's going to be really awesome. It's on the, uh, on the Caribbean Sea side of um, Costa Rica. And is yeah, it full? Do you need more people? Do we need to promote this for you? Are you full? Uh, it's getting pretty full. There might be, you know, like a couple of spots left. <laughs> um, but by the time but, this airs, it's going to be 120, like January 20th. So is, are you going to be gone already by then? No, I'm not leaving until like the first week of February. Oh, so, wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so this runs, it starts February 6th. I think it's February 6th to February 13th. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so there, and there's all, I'm one of, I think like, gosh, maybe like nine, 10 instructors at least. Um, my focus is going to be on electronic music production. There's other instructors that are more focused on DJing, more focused on like setting up studios, some, you know, for recording vocals, um, mastering. So it's like all of the different subjects are going to be, um, uh, presented there. Lots of learning about Ableton Live. Yeah, I love Ableton. <laughs> Rocks and Ableton. Is Alia going to be there for? I just for some reason like. Do you know who Alia is? Excuse me. <laughs> um, yes, I do. I've actually done. Um, actually, did a couple a couple of remixes for. Her. I know I've done at least one remix for her. Um, no, she's not going to be at this one. Wow, this sounds so cool. Possibly. Okay, so this is new. Like, you know, I just got to have like a cool like 20-minute drop-in before we hit record here, but I didn't know that this was on your 
your awesome radar. Why is it so important to put women together and do music? Well, you know, that's, um, that's actually a really good question. So for me, I've been basically a music producer. Like I like to say my, my whole life, cause it started out as like a guilty hobby, like that thing that I would do and I was supposed to be doing my homework. <laughs> I had little keyboards I would run off and play with. And, um, <laughs> and you know, then over time I realized that, you know, this is something I was very good at. So when I was in college, uh, I was doing my, you know, there was a, a MIDI lab back in the days that it was called, but a music production course there. I was always the only female in all the semesters I took it. Um, and it, but it took me a really long time to realize that, you know, when I, like I started touring in the late nineties, uh, with a very different project then, um, for some reason, it just took me a really long time to notice that there's never any other women on stage. The, there's also no other women uh, running the shows, like the event promoters or like working the shows. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't, I didn't really think about it until uh, probably like halfway through my career. I just noticed that every time I would show up, um, I wasn't approached. Like I would try to talk and there'd be this kind of glazed look over me and they'd like walk off to the men to ask some questions because they assumed I was the girlfriend. Um, now this hasn't happened in a long time, but um, you know, back in the day it was an issue. And, and certainly it took me years to even get like a record label or booking agent because there was um, often this feeling that like, yeah, we like your music, but this is not really a draw for women right now you know, sort of blaming it on the industry. And so um, this, I, I didn't really realize that I'd kind of stepped into a sort of invisible, unintentional boys club, at least around electronic music and electronic mm -hmm. music production. I was in a jam band for a while and certainly it's, it's present there, but I think there's reasons why a lot of women aren't really interested in being in jam bands. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but, um I, I don't know. So I, I just, I picked up everything I could along the way from college courses, from being around other musicians, uh, from working with them. Um, you know, in some cases I used to sing vocals. And so I would just, I would go there and like sing vocals on their backing tracks or whatever. And then I'd just be asking lots of questions in the studio. Um, but I can understand why there would be an intimidation factor, you know, for, uh, for women to get into this field. Um, I, sometimes I think maybe it might feel similarly for like a guy to go to his first yoga class or something. And he's the only guy in there. All these women are very flexible and they've been doing so it for they're years. Like, Rah, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, I guess, I guess for me, I, um, you know, I sort of, I kind of just plowed through it and didn't really think about it um, until I was already well-versed in music. Uh, and so the gender issue wasn't really a thing for me until I started feeling like there was some pushback due to mm -hmm. my gender around bookings and things like that. Totally. Um, but I, you know, I was definitely lucky growing up in, you know, growing up in Boston. It's very progressive here. And there's a lot less gender politics at play than say for in the South where there's this very strong, like men do this, women do this, and y'all hang out, you know, with each other. And um, so yeah, I wasn't really brought up with like uh, these gender roles that I was supposed to fit into. So I think that helped my headset, but you know, certainly I think that um, any situation where there is, um, you know, a focus on, a gender or, or gender gender identifying group is what we want to say for this um that it there's an automatic decrease in distraction that can happen uh mm -hmm. an increase in comfortability as a sidebar i really noticed this when i played a festival uh in panama last um february that was the first festival that actually had a 50 percent female lineup mm. uh this was called Ge geo paradise tribal gathering down in panama and I didn't realize how relaxing it would feel. <laughs> but for the first time, I was just, you know, hanging out with all these, with all women. Um, and I couldn't really explain why there is this sense of ease, but there's just, suddenly it wasn't a big deal to mm. be 
a female producer. Um, you know, it was just like, we could just drop that whole story, which is how I've always wanted it. Like, we're just musicians, yep. you know, we're musicians, DJs, producers. The, there wasn't a special women's stage. There wasn't special women's slots. Like we were, everyone was mixed in. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just like, it was not, not a big deal. And it was so relaxing. I kept wondering why I just felt like, like there's all this extra mental activity that just didn't have to be there. So I wow. think an environment like that, fostering an environment like that in the situation with Shakti Sound, um, it just allows for more focus on the actual creative process and learning. Right. It's like the art form gets to be the focus instead of the interaction with the other energies of, you know, male, female, whatever your identity you know, looks like. I get that, you know? And I know for me coming up in the 90s and the early 2000s, it was very like male dominated and it was all these dude DJs and they'd be like, oh my God, there's a girl, you know? Um, and I, I'm not a music producer like you are. I just am a performer and I like to push play and hopefully rock some people's vibes and go have fun, right? But it is a very... Um, it's important to have all of our voices heard, you know, masculine, feminine, and all of the things in between. And so I love, I love that you're doing this and I, I get it. I just want to hear more about it. And, you know, cause it's nice. Like you don't want to just have this, like, okay, we're going to have a lineup that's exactly 50, 50 guys, girls, people with pink hair or purple hair, or whatever. Yeah. It's like, you want to have the best quality, yummy artists, you know, to show up and create a, a, a soundtrack for the experience of people for that you know, event, festival, whatever it is. Um, but it is nice to, you know, I think the more of us ladies who show up and just say, hey, it's no big deal, just show up and do the thing, it gives us permission. It gives the 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 younger artists permission to just go for it, you know, because it's just like, it doesn't matter. It's okay if it's mostly this, this or that, but like, just do your light, do your magic, do your music, do your art. And, you know, be the, just, that's what you're supposed to do on this planet. You know, you're tapped on the shoulder to go share. So, so thanks for being a light for everybody. And uh, I can't wait to hear a little bit more about that. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about, um, okay. So at Dance Our Dreams podcast, we always have uh, an experiment of the week. And the experiment of the week you chose, I was laughing because my, my, I was telling you earlier, uh, Elizabeth and I, who's my, you know, superstar project manager, assistant goddess who makes everything happen. She was like, Eartha wants us to do yoga before coffee. Evil. <laughs> 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 I know. And she lives in El Salvador. So it's just like, she's just like, what? You don't do anything before coffee. So help us understand what to do and why this is important and how it's benefited you. Okay. Well, first I will say that, um, yes, while I feel my best when I stick to this, I don't always <laughs> stick to it every day, but if you can try it as an experiment for a week, I, I think you might be hooked. So I'll tell you <laughs> okay. where I, um, the process where I came up with this. Um, so I did a second yoga teacher training, a 500 hour yoga teacher training that took place uh, in Kerala, India, that um, one of the facilitators is from one of my teachers, is this woman named Kobe Kozlowski. And uh, she's also an incredible life coach. And so during, uh, basically one of the assignments we had in order to even get our certification was that after we you know, spent our six weeks in India, we had to uh, come home and you know, immediately upon coming home, designate X amount of time every day to do yoga and X amount of time every day toward working towards doing something we love or that we're passionate about, aka our big dream um, mm. or svadharma, as it was referred to. Oh, okay. Um, and so I decided that, um, well, and another part of the yoga teacher training is that you generally, most yoga teacher trainings work this way if you're in a live-in uh, kind of teacher training you roll out of bed, bunk bed, whatever it is, and you immediately hit the mat. Like you have enough time to like brush your teeth and then you, you hit the mat and you do yoga and then you go have your coffee and et cetera. Um, and you know, that really helps you deepen meditation and deepen the entire practice. So I decided I was just gonna combine these things all into one thing in the morning. So I'd roll out of bed, hit my mat. And at first I was like, 
I'll just do, I'll just do 10 minutes, you know, but it felt so good that 10 minutes turned into half an hour, turned into like an hour. Um, you know, if you have blood sugar issues, you can, you know, take a, a, a little bite of something, uh, you know, just to kind of make sure you're not stressing your body. But in my experience, the yoga felt great. Um, and then I went to have the coffee and it changed the coffee buzz. And it's because I was already in this like blissful state where my, I, my, you know, my, my parasympathetic nervous system, uh, my fight or flight response was down, my, you know, relaxation was up. Then to add coffee gave me this nice smooth buzz. Hmm. Bring that directly into, you know, my passion, my big dream uh, is producing music was this amazing synthesis of all these things coming together to create time and space and to have the right headspace to really create what I wanted to create. And um, a little backstory is that this is how I started Living Light. So prior to Living Light, mm. I had multiple musical projects uh, for many, many years. And when I was self-producing, it would literally take me like years just to write, say, seven songs. Uh, after um, applying this technique, I had an album, an entire album done of nine tracks pretty much within four months. Wow. Uh, immediately, like, you know, signed to record label immediately. It was distributed around the world, went number one on Beatport. Um, I started, and suddenly, like, my touring life began. And wow. So it was really potent. Um, and it does take some a level of dedication. So very often, many of us may have the nine to five job or eight to seven job is <laughs> starting into this culture, um, which means setting the alarm clock a little early. Um, those of us who maybe are, have more flexibility with our schedules, then, you know, it's not so difficult. You're not having to make a huge sacrifice. But what I found is that even if it meant a little bit less sleep, it, it still had, a, you know, the benefits way outweighed it. Um, yeah, the process is basically, you know, it just helped me to get into my body, get grounded, become sort of creatively connected, become connected to the creative side of myself, then feel that with coffee, and then apply that into the external representation of whatever that may be for you. And in my case, it was writing Ecliptic Visions, the first Living Light album. So mm. I think you'll be amazed, uh, even if you just do a few minutes of these things, um, in the results that, that show up very quickly in your life. So your challenge, if you're willing to take it, is to try it for a week and see what happens. Totally. And so, okay. So for those of us, like I've, I've gone through a lot of life remodeling and don't, you know, I love experiments. That's my jam. And I like to share cool, simple tricks for people to go make their lives better. Like one of the things I would do was like, you know, put a song on, on my like alarm clock. And just like, as soon as that went on, I was supposed to jump out of bed and go dance around on my deck, you know, just to like, awesome. <laughs> go, go, just don't even argue with the alarm clock. Just shut up, go out with your little crusty eyes and dance on the deck. Oh, I love there, that. There's snow. Right. And so that was something that, you know, in the beginning, there was a lot of resistance because it was like, no, I'm supposed to hit snooze three times and it's cold and I don't have my robe and la la la. And it, it was something for me that as I kept doing that and integrating it into my life, like it's a part of my life now. And I feel so like, yeah, my days feel weird if I don't do that, if I'm in another spot. Right. And so mm -hmm. is that, so it sounds like this is something you still integrate in your life. And do you keep like a yoga mat next to your bed or is it something you have to go to a whole nother room and make happen? Or are you just kind of like, okay, I wake up, I'm, on, I'm just going to start doing my jam. You know, like how does it work for you to make it, you know, help the listeners make it, you know, approachable and digestible? Well, what I, um, actually what I generally do, it depends on your living situation. Um, you know, if you have roommates and you only have one room, then yeah, I roll out the yoga mat right next to your bed. And mm -hmm. there's been times I've been, that's been the case or when I'm touring, I do that. I bring a little travel mat yeah. so that there's really no excuse. It's like, all I need to do is just drink some water and, and roll onto the mat. And to take it a step further, I'll even set up my um, laptop with yogatoday.com, which is the yoga website that I've been using for years. Ooh, cool. I got to write that down. Uh, yes. 
whole lots of variety of different lengths and styles on it and i'll pre-set up what i'm gonna work out to so literally just roll onto the mat hit play and i'll even just lay there and i'm already hearing the yoga teacher like bark at me and and it's like it's like okay i'll just i'll just do five minutes of this okay maybe 10 you know so there's so much to be said about stories we tell ourselves, especially ones that are uh, you know, ingrained into habit, like, oh, I'm supposed to hit snooze three times. Well, what if you right. just got up? Yeah. What if you just got up? You know, um, you know, I'm supposed to have coffee first. Well, what if you did, just did five minutes of yoga yeah. first? Like, maybe we don't have to go from zero to 100. You know, maybe it, we can build a foundation of groundedness and calm as we slowly work our way up to 100, so that by the time we hit 100, we're focused on that thing that we love doing the most. And yeah. then that starts to, you know, put the fuel behind it into bringing that to a more prominent area of our lives. Yeah. And then it obviously, like you said, it, 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 your practice has dribbled in and dripped in and just oozed into your music production. It's, right. it's like we do these things because it does, it affects the rest of our life. So whether you're a business person or a music producer or a food person or a mom or whatever your jam is, it's like if you fill yourself up with yummy, sticky goodness, and then you can drip it into the rest of your life, that's the whole point of this, you know? And it sounds like I love hearing the the accelerated pace at which you were able to create your albums and your songs because I know for me as a creator and a writer and doing a lot of different things, I get, I have, I get stuck. And then there's times where I'm just like, woohoo, I'm on fire. And typically the times when I'm on fire is when I'm using something with my body and some kind of movement and dance and certainly some kind of music. Like this morning I was playing Walking on Sunshine. You know, remember that mm-hmm. song? Walking yeah. On. And I was just like, oh, dude, this is going to last for at least two hours. Like this is like just a dose. This one song is going to get me high for two hours to do some recording with you and some other stuff. And it's just like, wow, we can really, you know, if we're mindful, we can really do the things like you're saying and, and create more output and more impact in our lives and on the planet. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like it's this duty as people who care about making a difference on the planet, which I believe everybody who's listening does care about the planet. And it's like, it's your, it's, it's part of your mission and your duty to take care of your body and your food and everything that you put in, um, and your movement. So let's talk about the SDG of the week that you chose, the, the no poverty or excuse me, the no, the zero hunger, um, number two. So that's a big deal, you know? And so obviously hunger comes in many forms. There's spiritual hunger, there's physical hunger, there's mental and emotional hunger, um, as a nutritional therapist and, and guide, like why is this so important for you and how do you help people with that? Uh, so it's very important for me. Uh, I would start out with personal reasons. Um, you know, when I was younger, uh, when I was um, you know, just starting out my music career, I felt very held back by mysterious nagging health issues that Everywhere I looked, you know, people were saying, oh, that's normal, you know. Um, it's like I was, you know, in my early 20s, I was like, well, I'm not supposed to be feeling like I'm 70. But, yeah. you know, just like all over muscle pain, fatigue, irritability, um, you know, just the, I could just tell that this isn't what normal is supposed to feel like. And I went to doctors for many, many years and they were just like, oh, just take some antidepressants and some birth control pills. Like every single doctor I went to Mm. told me, I was like, well, yeah, I'm depressed because my body hurts all the time. I don't have energy to do all these things that I'm I'm dreaming of doing. I don't have the focus and I just don't feel right. Um, And, you know, inflammation, how inflammation affects the body you know, there's been a lot more advances of that in the last few years of, of its understanding, including how it affects the mind, the brain, the moods. Um, but, you know, I, I tried their recommendations for very, very limited amounts of time because I would immediately just, you know, make, it would make everything worse. So uh, after many years of struggling with the unknown, um, sorry, these unknown uh, issues for my health, I finally 
uh, found out about nutritionists and health coaches. And someone I know became a health coach and I sat down and had a chat with her. Uh, and she was like, yeah, try, just try taking a couple of these things out of your diet. And what had been plaguing me for you know, over a decade, suddenly, immediately, it was like I had a new lease on life. Wow. Like my, yeah, my, um, you know, it wasn't that everything was suddenly healed, but it was like I was like 75% better. But then I'd still have these like flare-ups where they would come back. And so I had to start to really hone in on ingredients, read every single wrapper, find out alternate names for things, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then I had to start learning how, you know, certain foods affect hormones in the body, affect inflammation in the body, uh, even foods that we maybe previously thought were healthy, you know, things like wheat and soy, of course, sugar is never good, but like, um, you know, there were just, the, the deeper I got into it, the more amazing I felt. And then, and then the more that came out in my ability to actually like follow my dreams and you know, create them here in, in reality. Um, and as, um, you know, as time went on, I, in my yoga practice deepened, I became a yoga instructor. Uh, and I also became very interested in Ayurveda, Ayurveda through that. Um, and as I started getting the results of that, I'm like, you know, I just want more science. Like, why is this working? Yeah. So that's when I went to the Nutritional Therapy Association, uh, which is an incredible school that is very, very science-based uh, in their explanations. It's different than health coaching in that this, it doesn't discuss like, okay, there's this diet, there's this diet, there's this diet. It's like, okay, here's how to, here's how to read a person from like, from they call it the north to south process from the moment food enters the mouth the moment it leaves the body and all the branches it goes out to to create our bodies on like a you know mitochondrial cellular level here's how to read a person here's how to see where like these dominoes are tipped in the system how to align them it was incredible so um the passion to get back to your question the, my passion behind this is that I felt held back from really living the life I wanted to and pursuing my dreams for so mm -hmm. long um, from these health issues that doctors and the American, at least medical system was not able to help me with mm -hmm. um, when it was something that was in some sense is very simple is you know, going back to um, simple eating and learning the science of the body and how food and supplements you know, can correct these balances. And so I saw the result. I, I'm still seeing the results it's had on me. I mean, I, I you know, when I'm sticking to my diet, <laughs> you know, I feel incredible every day. I have focus and energy and drive, and I've been able to fill up my days. I work a lot, as we were talked about earlier. Yeah, three um, hours of sleep, man. That's, I am on yeah. three hours of sleep for last night, but, it, oh, but I can't be upset about it because I just do what I love all the time, and so mm -hmm. even though it's work. Um, because I have the energy and clarity towards that. And I believe that if everyone in the world had this ability, you know, to feel clear and energetic, that we'd make a lot better decisions, that we'd be less passive. And mm. that, you know, at least I can only speak about, you know, our culture in the US, um, you know, that there would be, we might not be in the current state that we're in with, uh, you know, politically, environmentally, uh, economically, that that um, you know, there'd be a lot more uh, clarity in the collective um, as far as like healthy directions to go in our lives, which you know would show up in the collectively in our culture. So um, yeah, this is so zero hunger. Uh, you know, to me, it's not just about getting foods to people who aren't you know able to get foods. Um, but more so education and, and assistance in getting nourishing foods, nutrient dense, nourishing foods. Uh, you know, it's, a uh, it, it, it's sad for me that in our culture, um, you know, I have clients that come to me that, um, you know, the, their biggest challenge is that they, they just can't afford to, to eat healthy foods. And, you know, one of my jobs with these clients is to help them navigate those waters, um, you know, help them to choose. Maybe they can't afford organic, maybe they can't afford grass-fed, et cetera, but to help them, um, you know, navigate the waters of our current 
honestly messed up food system yeah. uh, on the budgets that they have. But it just, it makes me sad though, you know, that, um, I, I, I guess I could put it, you know, we, we call it organic and grass fed. My great grandmother who lived to nearly, so she was 116 and a half when she passed away. She was the oh. oldest living person on the planet. What? And she would just call it food. Like we call right. it, you know, just what she would call food is what we're like, okay, it's organic, it's grass fed, etc. You know, for, she just lived in the woods in, in Georgia alone till she was a hundred, you know, from after her, uh, my great grandfather passed away in her fifties and she grew her own vegetables and she bought, um, you know, just the, the local meats from the local farmers that was they, the cows ate grass, you know, this little preserved area of the South. She never once set foot in a supermarket and like ever, she didn't trust them. She wouldn't eat anything out of a plastic package. She didn't trust it. Wow. And now the food that she was eating is considered specialty food, mm -hmm. but you know, it's, it shouldn't be. <laughs> so, um, this is all, yeah, these are all the reasons why nutrition is so important for me. And um, and being able to get access, you know, having people in low, lower income situations, being able to access this high quality food that should really just be called real food um, is, is of extreme importance to me. It sounds to me like, like, holy cow, wow, a buck 16, that's, that's old, you know, like, and, but her food was her medicine. And it was, like you said, it was just food, like in the old days, but now yeah. that we've got this, you know, uh, commercial structure and how are we going to feed the masses quickly and supposedly cheaply? Um, you know, I, I get the whole, there's so much pollutants and the GMOs and all the pesticides and the crap that, you know, are, are sprayed so that we can create these mass crops. You know, it seems like micro farming and micro, uh, you know, teaching people how to, even if they grow like a little, you know, foot by foot, you know, this little container garden, it's like, okay, at least you can have some fresh greens and your kids can like, I'm going to pull a carrot out or whatever and figure out like, okay, I live in, you know, I'm in Colorado, so it's cold. So it's like, we have a, this much of a growing season. So it's like, how can you teach people in this climate to make like a mini greenhouse in their basement or whatever, you know, there's all these opportunities to teach people, um, you know, to empower them so that they don't have to rely on this other you know, okay, I got 10 bucks, so I'm going to get, you know, 20 tacos at the drive-thru for my family versus right. you know, how can I go give them something a little healthier? So um, is that something that you're, you know, do you help people with that? Or is that something you're interested in, you know, sharing and learning and, you know, giving them tools for, for part of your practice? Well, I would love to learn more about home farming. I'm in, I'm in Boston and all the houses are about that close to each other. Right. I know. Um, and it's like, where's the light? Here's the sliver of light that comes Yeah, my in. little sliver yeah. of light over here. Right. Um, yeah. I, uh, you know, I, that's something I would love to know more about. Um, I think that, you know, what I'm, what I'm really searching for, and I haven't really found the right avenues yet, but, you know, is, is how do you support systems that can, um, you know, work with the current food system because, you know, it's not going to be, or it, I shouldn't say it's not going to be possible, but I can see it being very, very challenging for you know, a lot of people to be like, okay, I'm just going to start to grow my own vegetables. You know, so how can we, um, you know, start to incorporate like you know, permaculture on a larger scale or how mm -hmm. can we, um, how, or even, even not, even if it's more advanced in technology, more advanced in science, like how, how to, uh, you know, how to not be having to crowd cattle in so that we're feeding it corn and soy and then we have to feed it the hormones and the steroids so it doesn't get sick from the corn and the soy and the crowding and you know, which actually changes the omega fatty acid structure of it. And so we're mm. eating, that's why you know, the meat's pro-inflammatory. Like, like how can we, like for instance, I, I'm actually going, you know, I don't know where the lab growing meat issue is going to go, but like if they can do it well and correctly and close to nature, then I'm honestly, I'm all for it. It's, it's yeah. you know, much of like a part-time hippie. I am like, I'm also, you know, other side of me, equal, equal science and, and progress. Um, you know, progress at least <laughs> in the sense of like, uh, I don't think we can, we can out, we don't think we can do any better than, you know, what mother nature is set up, but we're on a trajectory. So, you know, yeah. how can we, 
um, start to really first acknowledge that yes, these things are making us sick. And then you know, secondly, with the amount of people and the trajectory we're going, um, apply science towards that. Totally. Yeah. And use the science to, you know, help move mother nature forward to feed the masses. I love it. I think it's, it's just obviously it's crucial. Our food is our medicine. And I of course agree that music is our medicine as well. Uh, and so let's talk about that super quick. You chose, so at the podcast, we always have a song of the week and I was, I was curious. I was like, I want to hear one of your songs as a song of the week, but you chose birds of paradise wingspan or uh, the song birds of paradise by wingspan. So what's, it looks like it says Hold birds of paradise and it's opposite birds. Tell, tell me about this. Like, I, I, I don't know if we've got it backwards. So, oh, okay. So I was thinking that it was, um, like if there's a certain song that, that like really lights you up, like, so for mm -hmm. me, that is like, I think you power song. Is that the question? Like if there's a power song, you know, your power song, your jam, like, you know, if obviously like, I love the idea of having music, you know, to help you through your experiment too. So if your experiment of the week, like this week is like, get on the mat before you have your coffee, um, you know, like what, what, what lights you up? Do you play music while you're doing your yoga in the morning or is it quiet for you? You know, how does that work for you? Well, see, uh, well, that's actually a different thing. So mm -hmm. as far as birds of paradise, who the artists, uh -huh. uh, it's, she's yeah. a duo, uh, named, uh, Tyler and, and Torian. Um, so birds of paradise is they're two producers and this is one of the tracks that they, they created it many years ago, but it's just stayed one of those tracks where um, if I'm feeling down or mm. frustrated or sad, or it's, one of those, it's like, it, it just picks me up. And nice. honestly, I'll put it on and run on an elliptical, you know, and, nice. and that's like, it's just snaps me back into place. Nice. As far as yoga, there's, um, you know, I like to, I do like to have music on, but I like to think about it less. And so a lot of times yeah. that will be, go to like YouTube and there's certain artists that I like to put in uh, this one artist named uh, Sudwaya, S-U-D-U-Y-A. He's a French producer. Um, and he actually does a lot of like down tempo yoga mixes that he has up on YouTube. And so I'll actually um, put his name in and um, listen to some of his mixes or that might actually start to lead me towards other mixes that, um, you know, just to have something going in the background. But I don't like to think about that too much because yeah. if, you know, if I have to think about it too much, then I'm suddenly going to think, oh, but I also have to make this Facebook post about the show that I'm playing tomorrow. And oh, I didn't write my client back yet. Less time, the better. <laughs> totally. Well, so where can everybody find you? You've just, I just heard a new remix that you have out with, uh, is it DJ Taj? Uh, is that yeah, right? uh, DJ Taj and uh, Moment or Taz, Taz and Momentology. Uh, they produced an album together and they contacted me uh, this past summer about remixing one of their tracks. And so I, there's this one track that um, I've been kind of going this direction of slightly more up-tempo music. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this track was in like that awesome, like 110, especially 111 uh, BPM range that I love where it's <laughs> like not full on, you know, like house tempo, but also not down tempo. So um, yeah, that just came out. Uh, day before yesterday, the remixes of their track uh, with the tribe. Nice. If you're into yoga music and and by yoga music, I don't mean kirtan, but like you know, great music for ecstatic dance and yoga and stuff like that, then um, you're gonna love everything on this on this remix album they just put out. Nice. And so, okay, so let's talk really quick. We've got just a minute or two here. Um, you said you're DJing at a, an ecstatic dance event a little bit later today. And mm -hmm. some of our listeners may or may not know what ecstatic dance is. Why is that? What is it? And why is it so cool? Uh, ecstatic dance is really neat because it's um, one of the few places I've found that I can go where everything is really focused on the experience that I'm having in my body and in my energy and in my mind. Um, to lay about uh, the, f the few foundations around ecstatic dance is a space where usually a large space because a lot, some people like to move very large. Um, <laughs> exactly. And some people <laughs> might just sit and meditate. So it's, totally. it's an autonomous zone. You can think of almost like a temporary autonomous zone as far as movement is concerned, you know, uh, however you feel need to express some people are break dancing, some people are doing yoga, some people are meditating, some people are flailing their bodies around. Um, there is no talking and there's no shoes. 
Uh, those are really the only two rules, and they're they're great rules because it you know, the no talking. Well, one no shoes, so you don't get hit in the face. <laughs> no talking um, because some people will be cartwheeling. <laughs> um, no, and the no talking aspect, you know, is um, really wonderful because it takes all that that, that buzzy social energy. Uh, and it you know brings everything down to just allowing us to be focused on our body. Um, and then in some cases, people dance together. You know, there's if that happens naturally, um, a lot of that, a lot of it is just going down to like eye contact and body movement. And I'm kind of one of those people that I just go into my own space. You know? Yeah, um, I can relate to that. Yeah, but ecstatic dances are really great because um, you know for many reasons. Um, if you're just on a physical level, I find that I get like the best, hardest workouts from them. Literally two hours drenched in sweat, like continuous dancing is, you know, two, and I'm not just talking, you know, like club dancing. It's like full on, everything is expressive. Every, every cell is, you know, being released. And, um, and it, it just, sometimes it feels like stepping out of like, you know, a steam bath after running a marathon at the end. Um, as a DJ, uh, it's pretty awesome because you see people responding so much to what you're playing. And as a side note, I find, um, DJing static dances to actually be the most challenging of all my sets. Wow. Because in music, um, the music will go from like maybe zero beats per minute as an ambient track, uh-huh. you know, up to maybe 150 beats per minute. Um, you know, if you're going into like at the peak of it where there's tribal drumming, there's psytrance, there's, you know, uh, tribal house. And then you have to bring it all the way back down to like, you know, 125, 88, 62, you know, and I, I beat match it all and try and do it in seamlessly, uh, in seamless transition. So, um, yeah, so th- they're very, they're, they're definitely special experiences for sure, whether you're a dancer or a DJ. Yay. Oh my God. That's awesome. Um, yeah, they're super special and they're all individual and unique, you know, depending on the crowd and depending on, you know, who's the DJ slash, you know, performer for that the guide, the, the, the sonic sorceress, as it were, uh, for the, the event. They're super cool. Um, where can everybody find you online and how can they get, you know, to be a client of yours? How can they come see your shows? How can they come, you know, enjoy the magic that is you, my friend? Um, yeah, so I do, I do, I have these two little worlds that I try to combine together, which is my music world and my nutrition yoga world. Um, as far as my music world, um, my main website is livinglightmusic.info. And I try to keep that updated regularly. Um, but you know, to follow my music and hear like the latest releases as they come out, Spotify is great. So you can follow me on Spotify as Living Light. Cool. Um, on SoundCloud is Living Light. And SoundCloud's nice because I actually have control over what's up there. So there's everything's going to be on SoundCloud as far as even like the most underground, you know, little remixes I've done for people. Cool. Um, and then of course I'm on Bandcamp and iTunes and uh, all the major music streaming and publishing outlets as far as the music. Um, and on, and it's on Facebook as well as Facebook page. You can follow me there where I, you know, I'm always updating with my latest videos and blogs and shows, etc. Um, also on Facebook, I have a group called Living Lighter. And so this is a place where I, I sort of fuse, a sort of fusion between Living Light fan club and music or, uh, and nutrition. So I, I, I'm in, I'm in this it. experiment where I'm, so I'm trying cool. to merge both. And so a lot of people really, you know, are into both. And, yep. um, and so I'm still kind of figuring out the balance there, but it's a place where I share, you know, articles about nutrition I find interesting, uh, or I write posts about it, as well as, you know, articles about space and crazy art projects I find interesting, and you know, really everything that I, that is inspiring to me. It's almost like Earth's little like corner on the social media, um, as well as you know, talking with fans. And when I say fans, it's basically people I've invited over who have liked my Living Light page, um, and uh, just sort of merging all those things into one soup. Um, but the main goal of living lighter is, as the title suggests, like techniques to incorporate into living more positively, living, uh, lighter as opposed to heavier, you know? Yeah. Um, and 
on that note, as far as nutrition, um, I've also just this past week started a separate women's group that is all about nutrition. Mm. And so we're going to be, uh, I'm just starting to bring people in. Um, it's called Light Club Girl Club. Ooh. <laughs> so Light Club, sort of like Fight Club. Yeah. Light Club <laughs> is a group coaching thing that I do every once in a while. And so Light Club, Light Club Girl Club is, is a place for women to come together and have a safe place to talk about like, you know, hormones and uh, the changes we go through and the challenges that we have and the things that are, are really unique to our female bodies and female brains and, and just the challenges of, you know, of our side of the gender. Of chickhood. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and so, and in both of these places are where I post about programs I do. Um, I'm actually doing a cleanse. I'm not sure if I, this will have started by the time this comes out, but I'm, I am hosting a cleanse uh, in mid-January. I'm a post-holiday clean-out. Uh, it's a group cleanse I'm doing with people online. Nice. Um, and you can find this information in both these places. And then lastly, the place to, that kind of brings all of this together. Um, if you love my music and you uh, want to support more of what I'm doing from the nutrition and yoga standpoint, or you want to just hear more of my music, I do have a Patreon page. Yeah. Uh, this is where <clears throat> supporters donate as much as like $1 to $3 a month, which might not sound like very much, but if all like, you know, 14,000 of my Facebook fans donated $1 a month, um, you know, towards helping me to create, you know, all the things that I'm doing. Well, you can imagine that adds up. So, um, yeah. And on this Patreon, um, you know, I'm beginning to offer things like little snippets of how I produce music, um, you know, little coaching highlights here and there. Um, this is the place where I put all my music up for free if you're a three dollar above you know patreon subscriber you get to download stuff for free uh free tickets to festivals i'm playing and shows i'm playing and you know, really whatever i think of i just kind of throw it up there as like thank yous to people supporting me there so i love it and i saw that like when i'm, I'm looking at our, our our outline and everything and i saw the patreon page and you know the music industry has changed dramatically uh over the last decade or so especially you know with the digital age coming up and it's like and I know all your music is on Spotify and you get like 0.0000000001 cent per play or something <laughs> yeah. ridiculous. And so there's mm -hmm. no way for you to support yourself. And most people are not buying music anymore, really. They're not. And um, and even as a DJ, like I, I love to buy my music because I want higher quality files. But most listeners, you know, 99% of people are not, they're paying a 10 bucks a month or free for Pandora, Spotify. So the artists that you all love and cherish and want to hear more and more and more of their music, they can't feed themselves and buy the gear and take the time to be in the studios unless they're getting support like this through Patreon and even touring. And I know what a, it's, it's so hard to tour and it's so hard and you're not making, you know, $10 million a show kind of thing. And so if you guys love artists, go support them through Bandcamp, through Patreon, and you know buy their music as much as possible. But just these little—they help so much. And like you said, even if it's a buck a month or a couple bucks a month, it adds up and it gives the artist the opportunity to focus on music instead of figuring out like, you know what, I need to go have three more side hustles just so I can go make an album. So please, please, please support our beautiful artists and please support Eartha. And I'm so happy that you are making music and sharing your love and light and living light. I've been noticing the light trickling on your face throughout this whole interview. And when your hands move, it's like you're like light shoots through your fingers. I'm like, holy shit, this chick is living light. <laughs> I've been trying to work with a light coming through, but I was like, oh wait, we're doing video. Hold on. I have to set up my, my <laughs> It's yeah. so awesome. It's so, so awesome. Um, all right. I can't wait to celebrate you and continue to, to support you on your journey. And thank you so much for spending time with us here at Dance Our Dreams. Is there one more tiny little, you know, nugget of, of just, if this was the last thing you were to say to everybody on earth, what would it be? Uh, well, that would probably be that we have infinite possibilities within the finite containers of our challenges or problems. Um, I will give 
credit to my yoga instructor, Kobe Kozlowski, for the inspiration behind this, because uh, mm. she presented an idea that was very similar to this when I was uh, working with her in India, and it's something that definitely um, changed my life. Mm. Um, the quick example I'll give is that when I came back, I applied this to starting Living Light, and I had not, I'd been in a live band, I hadn't produced music in, I guess, like 10 years, all of my programs were old all of my my computer was old i you know could barely i i didn't know how i was actually going to even do it how i was going to even write it um and i didn't have money to be able to go out and upgrade everything and i was like well you know just do it anyway there's infinite possibilities you know just get crafty and and just make this album that clearly wants to come through and so i just did, got as creative as i could and made the album with what i had uh, and it came out of me very quickly. And like I mentioned earlier, you know, I would never would have known that the album, you know, it went, it was for the month it was out uh, after it was released. It was the number one best-selling um, dub reggae album, Beatport, number two in Electronica and uh, number three in Down Tempo or those are reverse. And then it was the number two best-selling selling dub reggae, reggae album on Beatport for the entire year. Wow. And oh my gosh. Only because I didn't stand in my way. You know, only because I was just like, this is what I have. I'm just going to make something out of this. It doesn't have to be a big deal. It just has to be made. So, right. Give birth let to stories, that creativity. Yeah. Don't let stories that you're telling yourself holding, hold you back from, from your mission. Do it totally. anyway. Oh, I love it. And it's, I love that because I know we get as artists, we're like, well, I need to have the most up to date gear and everything needs to be perfect and the software and this and that. And I'm like, people were banging on rocks and stuff and they can make a song. So, do that. And it sounds like Amani from Desert Tracks picked you up. And because you said yes to your dream and you didn't get in your own way, you got to go get propelled forward this way. Is that, that's right. Right. So exactly. Yes. Totally. Yes. I'm very thankful for Trevor and Amani. Yeah. Yeah. Rock on brothers. We love you so much. So keep rocking everybody here and thanks so much for tuning in and okay. Yoga before coffee. That's our jam this week. So let's do, do it. it. <laughs> and let us know how it is and, you know, find Eartha on, on Facebook, DM her, tell her how you're doing on your, your experiment. Tell me how you're doing. We want to hear from you and we want you guys to get juiced up and fueled up so that you can keep rocking your big dreams and serving our beautiful planet. So, all right, let's everybody take a big inhale together. And exhale. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Eartha. This has been such a treat. Um, I really you, hope Sally. that everybody gets rocking and rolling from all of your juicy wisdom. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Aloha, everybody. All right, big dream dancers. I know you want to start making a difference in your life and the planet today. So head on over to djvaleriebelove.com forward slash podcast for your free dream sheet for the weekly Dance Our Dreams experiments. And remember, I'll check you out on Facebook Live every Manifesting Monday at 11, 11 a.m. Mountain Standard Time on the DJ Valerie Belove page for support on each week's experiment. And I really, really do know how busy you are and it would mean the world to me if you could subscribe and leave a review on Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts so other badass changemakers like you can benefit from this show too. Sending from my heart to yours. Peace, love, and aloha.